This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats. I just want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the support of this podcast. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button and take a moment and fill out a review. It makes a whole lot of help in terms of growing and developing this podcast. Enjoy today's chat. Peace. Hey, this is Karen Coach's Corner Chats, and on the podcast with me today, I have Jessica Montiel. Jessica, where are you at, and what are you up to? I am in northern, southern California County, so San Diego, but North County of San Diego. Um, I am currently wrapping up a club season with the Oceanside Breakers. I am in the middle of high school season with Mission Vista High School. And we are in the recruiting phase at Palomar College. So I coach at all three levels. And all three at the same time. How do you balance that? How do you make that work? Um, <laughs> it's really interesting because this summer I decided to quit my office job, which I also had. Um, and it was it was interesting because my boss and my husband were both like, you need to be coaching. Like this is, you're not happy doing other things. Like you just need to be coaching. So um, in September, I stepped away from my office job, which really allowed a lot of freedom throughout the day um, to be able to kind of do other things. So it's still a crazy balance. I think in the middle of the end of October, early November it was an overlap of basically all three teams um so the high school was going in the morning from like 6 30 to 8 in the morning the um college went in the middle of the day from 12 to 2 or if we had a game it was in the afternoon either at one or at three and then my club team I switched my training sessions to Monday Wednesday so they didn't conflict with any game days um, and then the weekend. So that was, that's kind of how I balance it all. <laughs> what was that like when your husband and even your, your, your supervisor say, Hey, you're made for coaching. That's the direction you should go. It's not a lot of bosses that will say, Hey, I want to lose you so you can go chase what, it, what they feel is really good for you. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because they, it just kind of proved that they know me better than I know myself. Um, as soon as they said that, it was kind of like this light went off and I was like, yeah, I, I should be doing this. And so um, it just, after that, I just felt so much gratitude to have the support that I had to be able to, to kind of move forward with that. Um, because when I, over the summer, when I first got the coaching job at the college, um, my husband actually quit his office job so he could stay home with the kids for the summer because where else were they going to go all summer? Um, so, and he's also a student. We both go to school right now. Um, so that's kind of what is working for us. Um, we made some pretty good choices a long time ago. We bought a house in 2009. Um, and so it's just kind of our mortgage is unheard of right now. And so it allows us to kind of live the life that we want to live right now. And um, so, yeah, this, this is kind of how it works is I just have support from the most important people in my life, which is my husband. And um, he literally does everything else. He cooks and cleans, picks up the kids, gets them ready for school. Like, I mean, that, that is the balance. I know people are like, but aren't you tired during the day? I'm like, they're like, how do you, how do you time to cook and clean? I'm like, I don't, I'm just, I'm honest. I don't, I don't do it. It's that's my husband's role. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting dynamic, especially in a Hispanic household um, for my kids to be able to see. I was just going to say, has California been where you've called home your entire life? Born and raised. Born and raised. And if I look back, so California is known for having some high quality soccer at the youth levels all the way up through high school, college, and et cetera. Um, when did you get the soccer bug? When did it bite you? Uh, 
So I stopped playing in 2006 in college. And um, I actually played at Eastern New Mexico University. Um, I played for Travis McCorkle, who's now at Angelo State. But he was he started the program at Eastern New Mexico uh, back in 2003 and recruited me in 2004 to play for him. So it's kind of cool to have the whole circle come around. Um, but when I stopped playing, I wanted nothing to do with soccer. Um, I was very upset that I was basically told you're done um, eligibility wise. There was nothing else to do at that point. Um, and so I didn't really know where to go. I was kind of identified as a soccer player and we kind of all grow up into that, that phase. Um, and then I would say it was probably 2010. Um, my old high school soccer coach asked me if I wanted to coach the freshman team. And I said, no, absolutely not. And then a week later, I just could not stop thinking about it. I had just gotten my insurance license. I was about to start like, you know, my grown up life and all the things. And then I went to that boss at the time and I was just like, I can't stop thinking about this, but I'd have to be off work at three. And so they made me a deal that if I, I could do the season and if I liked it, I could find a new job after the season. And I thought that was totally fair. Um, and from the second I went out to practice, I think I, I told a girl to turn her foot inside because my biggest puppy was kicking with the outside of your foot, but, um, turning her hips open and kicking the ball with the inside of her foot. And in my brain, it was just like, you should have been doing this your whole life. And that's really what got me, um, at the time, my husband, who was just my boyfriend was working a lot of hours. And, um, so I was kind of home. And with nothing really to do. So I started coaching and I coached the freshman team at my high school. And then I joined my old club team as an assistant coach. And then I just kind of grew from there. After that, I, I was just the assistant on a team. The next year I took over that team. Um, and then I started coaching with another coach as an assistant and we grew those. So those are the 99s and 2000s so we grew those girls um out I had two kids in between that time um so I was really just an assistant and like mentor for other coaches that were just starting out um and then in 2018 I got my own high school coaching position um in 2020 they did like a mini spring session um because of everything and um I stepped down at that point because I was coaching four competitive teams and it was just not working the time everything my two kids it was just it, it was not feasible and then at the end of 2020 um I had another coach or another athletic director reach out and ask if I wanted to apply for the position that I'm currently at and since things were kind of back to normal and I knew I was going to be rolling off some teams, um, I talked to my husband about it and I'm like, you know, it's going to be really hard because overlapping in January, it's going to be like five teams and all the things and, you know, tournaments and playoffs and everything between all the teams. And he's like, yeah, but it's only this time next year. It's not going to be the same. And I was like, so what do you mean? He's like, take the job. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. I'm like, okay. So I took the job um, and it was crazy, but it was the best position I could have gotten. I love the school. I love the administration. I have the most supportive administrative uh, athletic director. So it's, I mean, it was just a great role to take. I did. I rolled off of two of the teams. Now I only coach the 2014s and the 2015s and the 15s are, is my daughter's team. So that's just, I love it. It's a very different dynamic because I'm also a soccer mom on that team. Um, but I have incredibly respectful parents who do not cross the boundaries of coach and parent. Like they'll say, okay, now I need to put my parent hat on and, you know, ask you questions. And I'm like, totally fine. And I have no problem doing that. And then Sunday night, we're all going out to look at Christmas lights. So it's, it's a really fun dynamic with that. 
um, with that age group because it is my daughter's. Normally, I wouldn't be this involved in the team, but it's my daughter's friends. And now they've been together for two years. So we're going to grow up together. That 2015 age group is going to grow up together. So at some point, I'm not going to be the coach. Um, so I want to make sure that I also still have these relationships with them and I'm not just coach to them all the time. You mentioned coach McCorkle when you were in college, what were some of the things when you look back that you take away from your time with him that you were like, I like what that, and I like that. And you try to implement now as you're coaching your, like your daughter's team and the Juco and the high school and all those. Yeah. Um, when I first got the high school job, Travis was the first person I reached out to and he's like, I'm so happy for you. I think it's great that you're coaching. You know, this is awesome. And when I think back to my time at Eastern, um, the first week of preseason, um, my best friend at the time, she was still in Arizona and her mom was passing away. She was in the hospital and, um, she wasn't going to make it through the end of the week. And I called my mom and my mom was like, well, you know, do what you have to do. It's, it's your choice. You're an adult. And I called Travis and I just said, you know, she's basically my sister and her mom is dying and I need to be there for her. And it's the first week of preseason and it's my first time at a new school. So he could have been like, and like, you know what I mean? Like he, he had no idea what she meant to me or what she was just going off of what I said. And, um, me and my other girlfriend, we got in a car and we drove overnight to Tucson and we made it there in time, um, to be with her and, and everything. And I will never forget. Travis was like, here's the workout, do it when you get back. And, um, I think just the compassion that he showed us for brand new players, was just incredible. And he really cared about his team. You could tell he just, he, he always jokes that he's like, remember when you thought I was old at 30 and I'm like, don't, don't talk about that. We're not talking about that. Um, But he was just, he was a very real coach. He was very honest with us. Um, He, he wasn't a disciplinary coach in the sense that was like, you guys have to run for this one of the biggest takeaways that I take, and I do this now with almost all of my teams, um, we could not win the ball out of the air. So at practice and games, we had to uh, win the ball out of the air. Every time the ball landed in the top, in the 18 yard box without being touched, it was 10 pushups. And um, the only way to erase the pushups is if we scored with our head. So, it was that that was his way of getting us to play out of the air. And um, he, I mean, he would make us do pushups right after, after the game, like, but he would give us the option. He's like, you could do this many at practice, or if you do this many right now at the game. And like, I remember one game we had just won, but we still owed pushups. And he's like, you can do it now, or you can do it later at practice and, you know, double the quantity. We all dropped our bags and dropped down and started doing push-ups. And all the parents who were at the game were like, they just won. Like, what happened? Why are, why are they doing push-ups? And it was just, I will never forget that. That was hilarious. But I do that with my teams now. Like, if they cannot win the ball out of the air, especially once the girls are getting to the age that they can head the ball or high school or college, um, it's just so simple. Like, do it or don't do it. And then, but you're not getting punished. It's not a punishment. It's you didn't work hard enough for this. And so that mindset change is totally different. It's not, you're in trouble because you couldn't get the ball out of the air. You didn't do it correctly because that's the task that needs to be done. And this is the consequence from that task. So um, I just think that Travis, Travis cares a lot about his players. I mean, to this day, we all talk about how he goes out of his way to wish us all a happy birthday on Facebook. Like if he's going out of town, he'll say, um, he'll say, Hey, uh, sorry, I'm going to be out of town for your birthday, but I just want to say happy birthday. And like, we're, you know, 15 years removed from college now. And he still talks to us all and keeps up with our lives. And I just think that's really cool. 
You mentioned the dynamic of coaching your daughter's team and the relationships with the parents. What's it like now when you get in the car with your daughter and you have to like remove the soccer cap, like you, as you were saying, has it been easy to kind of become soccer coach and mom, or are there times where that, the, the line blurs a little bit? Um, the line definitely blurs a little bit. However, I, I tell people this, um, all the time. I don't see my daughter. I see 10 Alyssa's. So when I'm in the car with her, I try to say exactly what I would hope they're saying to their daughters. And so this last, uh, this last week, she played so great. I mean, she's not really dynamic and she's not really fast, but she's very technical. And I've come to find out she's very smart um, because she's very lazy. And so she wants to, she's that work harder, not smarter kid, um, but she gets it. And um, I just told her the whole, like all we, even this week, I've just keep telling her like, man, Alyssa, I loved watching you play this weekend. You, you know, you were, you were so awesome this weekend. And there's sometimes where she, so she likes to play striker and she's not a fan of letting me change her position around. Um, she also has ADHD. So I have to maneuver around that as well as a mom and a coach, um, which has been interesting in this last year since she started medication. Um, but she is a creature of habit. And if that's what she's supposed to be doing, she knows her role. She knows what she's supposed to be doing. And that's, that's what she wants to do. Um, and this weekend I needed her to play the 10 and um, I pulled her aside. I didn't take her out of the game. I just pulled her over and I was like, Hey, look, Sophia's not feeling very good. I really need you to play the 10. And she's like, okay, mom. And then she did it. And then she came out of the game and she was like, I like midfield. And so, I, you know, that was just for me, that was such a proud moment as a mom and a coach, because it's a struggle for her to push past wanting to just play the position she wants to play. Um, and I will say that sometimes I favor her playing in that position because easier than picking a fight with her and the rest of the team. Like I have to find my balances, especially with her. Um, when she first started coach uh, playing for me, we had a lot of conversations that I was coach Jessica, not mom at practice. And she's very good about that. Um, she's very, she'll call me coach. She doesn't call me coach Jessica, but she'll call me coach. Um, and every now and then it'll slip like mom, I mean coach. And you know, I'm like, it's okay. That's fine. But since she's played on this team, last year she was playing with the 14s. This year, since she's playing with her age group, I've seen such a huge development growth in her. And um, I've what I find hard is that when she's playing really well, I will start saying, like, good job, baby, instead of, like, good job, Alyssa. And um, I have to kind of catch myself because that is when I turn into a parent is really when she's she's doing well and and I see her just in this development and you know it's funny I was talking to coaches this weekend about tryouts you know there's the younger tryouts right now and I absolutely hate that we even have this um but I am not the coach I'm the top team coach at 2014 and 2015 and everyone says well don't you want the best players there and the answer is no I don't want the best players on those teams I want the hardest working players. I want the players that have been there for a year and have grown together and have now been able to grow into tactical changes and tactical soccer and dropping a raw new player into that situation is not going to be good for anybody. The new player is going to be frustrated that they're not getting the ball. The oh, I've tried it before with players, borrowing players. Um, they want to play raw soccer. My girls are waiting for a pass down the line or you know the just different things like that and and that's not fun for anybody that's not fun for the current team that's not fun for the new player it makes a new player feel like oh well I'm not good enough to be here and um so for me personally I would rather keep players that fit into this scheme and keep the majority of my team together and grow the entire age group 
and keep those raw players even on the second team because when they get to 99 and 11 v 11 we need them we're going to need them to be at the same level we're going to need them to not have a big drop off between the top team and the bottom team and um I just feel like that and then psychosocially at this age they want to play with their friends I mean realistically girls always want to play with their friends but these girls like especially now because they shouldn't be playing competitive soccer like genuinely the at our club the normal age group to start was U8 and that was because you would go through the all-star situation and then the youngest all-star team would be the rec team or be the next competitive team because of COVID we didn't have a rec team in 2020 so we just held tryouts and at 2014 and 2015 I had 14 U7s come out and so I'm like well like they have nothing else to do we might as well make a team and let them train so we did my daughter being the the 15s on that team are technically two all-star cycles ahead of their age group so this year is their actual all-star cycle so dropping and our club does this the right way on the on the um, recreational side they play 4v4 all the way up to u8 and um so then when they go play all-stars we actually struggle a bit because we only get like three weeks of training at 77 so they see the field but that doesn't matter um especially to me i mean last year with my 15s they didn't see a 77 field until july I kept them on 44 all the way till July. Um, and so when I'm seeing these age groups be built, all I did was follow fun, technical, enjoy each other. Like that's it. Go have a birthday party every weekend. Go, you know, and they did. My girls teams like from I think July to September, it was like every other weekend there was a birthday party. Um, but because when they get to U8, U9, U10, and they are looking at more tactical things, they've already had the love of the game. They've already felt their friends are on the team. They've already grown this love for development. It's not just about winning. Um, so I just, I just, I guess I just look at things a lot differently, which is why I absolutely hate tryouts so much because I just don't I don't see things the way other people see things um at high school I kept 24 players because I had 11 seniors and I'm not gonna cut a senior who's been in the program for four years over a sophomore who is killing it like that's great you can be helpful go be helpful on JV right now like let these seniors enjoy their senior year. I'm really, I'm really big on fun. If you haven't gotten that, I'm really big on just soccer needs to be fun. If you're not having fun, I really think you're never going to play as good as you can. Um, so last year at the high school, I remember senior year or senior night, they lost and you would have never guessed it by all of the pictures. I mean, they just cared about pictures with their crowns and their sashes and their friends and senior night and you know and I can't tell you how many girls thank me for just saying you know like thank you for not making it all about soccer like soccer is great but this is high school and the fact that we can enjoy each other is really nice there was a girl on the team who had quit playing soccer a long time ago and her friends who were seniors were like come on just play just come to tryouts like of course she's gonna make the team like I'm not that is, I'm not that evil coach that's going to just cut someone. And she was very, very, very okay with playing time. She had no problem being the best cheerleader on the bench. Um, you know, and those kids, I'll keep a million of those kids on my team over talented kids. Have you always been one that's had a lot going on, even as like a teenager and stuff? Because you're talking about balancing multiple um teams and coaching and the fact that your husband says well go for it means that he knows that you can handle that situation but is that something like where does that come from because a lot of people hear 
all that those numbers are like it's enough just to deal with one you know traveling team let alone three and three at different levels yeah um I, I that's funny nobody's ever really asked me that but yeah I guess I have um when I was younger in high school um my brothers were one was when I was a senior my one brother was a freshman and the other brother was three so yeah there was a big age difference between us and um I drove everybody around um and I remember my senior year I would pick my brother up from school I would take him home help get things ready go to soccer practice I also had a job in high school um where I worked at a little market down the street from my house um I would help other coaches just to get extra training in. So I would, I remember my senior year between that summer before I left, I was at the field five days a week and I was at the gym every other day for that. Plus I kept my job. Um, so yeah, I guess I, I've always had a lot of things going on. I don't think, um, but I get really, uh, every time I slow down, I feel like, I could be doing more. So I'm also my kids PTA vice president <laughs> because of course I am. Um, so, you know, I, but I also, I genuinely feel like it doesn't exhaust me because I'm giving the energy where I want to be giving it. I'm not going somewhere I don't want to be. So when you want, when you're going somewhere you don't want to be, like when I was going to the office, I was drained. I was exhausted. It was way too much. I was overwhelmed. I was burnt out. But honestly, since September and Harvest Festival almost killed me, but I have loved my life. Like I, I honestly, I'm not, I, I do go to therapy and I'm very open about being on medication and things like that. And, um, that really helps keep me balanced. I try and see my therapist at least once a month um, just because things are good now. I don't really need to see her every other week anymore. Um, but coaching has taught me a lot about myself, um, what I can and can't take, why I can take on these many roles um, because I know the limit and the bandwidth that I have um, and I'm no longer willing to go over those boundaries. Um, the other day I was talking to a, a younger coach and she was like, well, I've got this going on and this going on and this going on. And I was like, well, I can move my schedule for this. And she's like, Oh, that's so nice. And I'm like, yeah, but it took me 12 years to get to where I'm at, to be able to move my schedule and do what I do and, and, and really live the life that I, I have that whole saying of live the life you want to li live like others don't so that you can live like others don't. That's really what I did. And, um, it's funny though, because I don't recommend it. I don't tell kids, I don't tell younger coaches to do that. The grind is crap. Like it's crap. It's not, it's not real. It's not sustainable. Um, and it really gives you this like mindset that you can and have to do it all. And um, I think that have to word is the part that will start to drain you as a coach when you are a JV coach and an assistant coach and um, still have your own two teams and you're 22 and you think you need to figure out your life. And so with the younger coaches, I just really try and tell them, um, you know, you don't have to figure it all out. You're in a good situation to cut back on coaching. If you want to ask for assistance, if you want to um, do the things that'll make it better for you. My director would always tell me that, if it took me 30 years to learn what it took him, he didn't do his job. And I think that it's the same way for me when I'm looking at younger coaches, especially young moms. I'm like, listen, take the time. If you want, you don't. And I hate that because so many of the moms, we have two, me and another, no, three of us now. Three of us are moms that are on our staff and others um, about to have another baby. And so she's about to be a mom. And um, I remember one day she asked me, she goes, 
I asked her, how are you feeling? And she said, to be honest, I feel really guilty. I feel should, I should be working out. I feel like, and I just want to sit at home. And I, and I said, get used to it. And she, she kind of looked at me like, really? And I was like, and then get over it. I was like, as a mom, like you're going to be guilty about literally everything. You just can't stay there. You just can't stay in that, in that mindset of being a guilty, bad mom, because it's not true. And so with, I know one of my coaches is having her second and she's really struggling on whether she wants to come back or not. And I'm like, listen, there's always going to be kids to coach. And if you want to spend the time right now with your babies, being a mom and being a wife and learning that dynamic for you guys can do it. I'll bring on my, as my assistant at high school next year. But right now, if that's what you need, then stop, stop coaching. Don't feel guilty about it. Um, and the reason I feel guilty about that is because I can do it and I, or I do do it. And, um, but for me, it, like, that's my job. I, at the time when I was first coaching, um, with two kids, I remember when I got the first high school job, my son was four months old and my daughter was 18 months old and taking on the high school job with those two was harder than taking on a high school job with four competitive teams it's just you're in the thick of it as a mom as a new parent partner I mean all the things and um I quickly started therapy after that high school season but I, what was I supposed to do when I had been a high school JV coach for the last six years before that? And I had worked my butt off to get a a high school head coaching job. That was my, that was my goal at the time. When was it going to come back around? There's not very many high schools around here that were looking for coaches. They were pretty all established coaches and programs. Um, so to get broken into one of these new programs was going to be hard. This program that I took over was a new program. They were only about five years old, which is why um, I was able to, to get an interview and, and coach there. But um, looking back, that's, it's just such an unfair thing that moms have to do. Like this last summer, my head coach at the college, his wife had a baby and he was gone for a week, one week. And like, that's impossible. That would be impossible for me. That would be impossible for me to come back after a week of having my second baby. Um, so it's, it's, I feel bad because I can do it and I've chosen to do it because I have the support to do it. And so I feel like these other moms are like, well, I can do it too. And then they're like, Oh, I can't do this. And I'm like, it's fine. Like, you're not me. You don't have to do it. Um, and if you want to, let me support you. Let me help you get a babysitter. Let me find you who can help on the sidelines. Let me help you find a team where you can just be the assistant on. Like, let's figure out how we can still support you. Um, but it's just, it's so different being a mom and a coach than a dad and a coach. The one thing I wanted to find out too is being at the three different levels, are there similarities? How, how do you, (laughs) how do you go about attacking, like not attacking, but dealing, like setting up training sessions and coaching your, you know, your travel squad, and then you move to the high school and what are those conversations look like? And then you go to the junior college, like, are there similarities? Is it, is it just coaching or is there some dynamics that are a little bit different? Um, there's definitely some dynamics that are different. Um, the, the 2014s and 2015s aren't really worried about if they're going to get into college or not. And, um, they're not worried about transferring to another school after JUCO. So there's, there's definitely differences. Um, the high school girls aren't, they don't have jobs and they're not working, you know, going to school odd hours. And so there's definitely differences but there's so many similarities. It cracks me up. Like 
I want to be on this color team or um, we play, we have this activity that we do and it's literally everybody's favorite. Um, and we set up cones across basically the whole field and it's two teams going against each other. They're sprinting at each other. When they meet, they do rock, paper, scissor, whoever wins keeps going. And the next person has to go. And if you make it all the way to the end without rock, without winning or losing, but usually people lose like right before the end. And then, so they're like, Oh my gosh. So like a new team has to come and like, they're literally like the five-year-olds and, and it, it's hilarious because when you see this, that is truly what reminds me that this game is just fun. And these dynamics of competitive soccer and high school soccer and all the things like it's, it's all comes down to having fun. They've all, want to just have a good time uh, my high school team right now they I have a lot of players that play pretty high level and um, so they don't play competitive soccer together but they love high school soccer because they love coming and playing together with their friends and um, right now I have two girls on the team um, that are committed for next year one's going to Villanova and one's going to San Jose State so very talented players um and on the field the last three games they've just had so much fun they're passing and laughing at each other and ball goes out of bounds and they're like oh like I mean it's just they get to they get to relax from their competitive GA teams and ECNL teams and they're having so much fun they're so much fun to watch they're like I'm not even coaching I'm literally watching them have fun on the field and it is so cool um and it's funny because they're actually a higher level than my junior college team probably is um so then there's the grind at this junior college of working hard and and really trying to transfer these players and get them um to the next level and really make a name that juco is a valid option for kids um so yeah, it's crazy how the dynamics are different, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to they all just want to have fun. You mentioned earlier the the um the makeup of how your husband stepped up and has kind of taken on some of the house, um you know taking care of things and what have you, and just in the Hispanic household, how important has that been for you? One Hispanic, two you're a female. Um, I know United Soccer Coaches. Um, spotlighted you for all the things that you've been doing really well what how important is that for you like not just for your daughters you talked about when I coach that team it's all of my daughters that I'm coaching how important is you is it for you when you are out there coaching that you're doing all of these amazing things not just as Jessica but you are looked at as your coach Hispanic female just doing all of these amazing things um yeah, I mean, I, it's essential. Like I could not do anything without my husband. Um, and for my kids to see that we are very connected in everything that we do is amazing. Like my husband is my team manager because of course he is. And um, like we just had a Christmas party this past weekend for the team every single dad is so involved. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that my husband is so involved. So they kind of gravitate to each other. And I don't think there was ever a game that both mom and dad weren't at the game. Um, I think every single player on my team comes from a two parent household. Um, and yeah, very, you know, I've coached for 12 years and that's not common. There's always one or two, um, you know, outliers. And so just the fact that these girls get to see how hands-on and supportive their dads are of them is amazing because the struggle's always been, we could get younger boys to come out dad especially Hispanic dads want their boys to play at the highest level at the youngest ages to get in and get started and going that's not always the case with girls they want to put them in ballet they want to put them in tumbling they want to put them in all those things it's really funny I have a little girl on my team 
Um, she's a 2016 and she was full on dance, tumble, gymnastics, all the things could only make it to one soccer practice because everything else was going on and competition dance and all the things. And they have quit because they love soccer so much. They, they literally just do tumbling now. And, um, the fact that these girls get to see these dads just be so incredibly supportive of them. Um, they're going to grow up with that, not even being an issue. That's not even a thought. It's not, you know, I, it almost bothers me when we always have the first sold out crowd or the biggest, like, why, like, why is that the case? It is 20, almost 2023. Why is that the case still? Like, great that we're celebrating it, but that sucks that we're still celebrating these things. Like that's crap. Um, my girls are never going to think that way. I mean, I, I wrote a paper about, um, the 99 world cup and how it changed my life. It changed the trajectory of what I wanted to do. I wanted to be involved in soccer for the rest of my life. I was 13 when that game happened. Prior to that, I had been to Charger games. I'd been to Padre games. I'd watched them on TV. I had never seen girls play soccer in front of all those people. And our team got together and had a barbecue for it. And like, I just remember thinking, this is amazing. Like I've never seen this before in my life. And then in September, I got to take the entire team to the San Diego wave playoff game. And it's just, normal to them they get to just go to these games and sit in the stands and cheer for Alex Morgan and just my son my son loves Alex Morgan my nephews wear Alex Morgan's jerseys and that is amazing because it's amazing to me but I don't have to call it out to them because it's normal it's normal very they love girl soccer players they love boy soccer players. They just love soccer. My nephews live um, the street behind us. And so they're very close. They're stair step kids, actually. They're nine, eight, seven, and six. And so um, they all love soccer. They all play. And it's just, it, we took them to the game too. And that's just incredible. Like, I, I never want that to be something special for them. I want that to be normal. I want that to be what we do is we have season tickets to the waves game and that's, you know, I remember growing up, I had season tickets to the chargers game and we bragged about it and loved it. And, and that's what I want for my kids. Um, and so I think seeing this dynamic in our household, it's not, it's not the norm outside would be the norm. Seeing a mom just stay home with their kids all the time would be the norm that, you know, my kids have no idea. And, my daughter is always like, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be this and this and this, and I want to coach soccer. And I'm like, why do you want to do all that? She's like, well, you can do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I really, it brings me back to just, I am what they see. And because I never saw a Hispanic female coach ever growing up. Um, I barely saw I mean, I had a couple of Hispanic coaches, but my high level coaches were white and um, all the way through college. And so to have this in our club, um, I've been with our club for 12 years and not for nothing, but you can walk around and say, who's coach Jessica? Everybody kind of knows who I am. And there's so many Latinas in our club where we're at. And so the fact that like, well, I can coach after I'm done. Like, it's just like, yeah, that like, that could be the next step. I never thought about that. I said, no, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to coach. And now to, to see the impact that it's making just to have representation in this community um, is really cool. And now seeing these other coaches um, really just go on and keep going. Like, it's just, so many goals now like that and not like goals where I have to do that but just like thank god we're seeing these things we're seeing a woman head coach who just coached a national championship for a man's team like incredible 
we saw the most female coaches in the college cup than we've ever seen. I mean, it's just, that is amazing. I love seeing that. I never, I never thought anything of college soccer at all. And let alone being able to be a woman solid college soccer coach. Like that's mind blowing. And we had a, a free camp earlier in the year at the college. And um, one of my girls, her mom told me that she's, it, you know, it's junior college. And she's like, she is like, I, I am playing soccer at Palomar. Like that is, that is my dream. Like I like, that's my goal. I'm going to play college soccer at Palomar college. And I'm going to play. And I'm like, that's amazing. Like that is, she's, she's seven years old. And, you know, me and my Jugo coach, we talk like, we know that we're going to be people's, you know, we're not people's first choice. Well, I'm like, well, you're Haley's first choice. So, um, you know, we're, we're doing something right. And so I, I, I just love that now I'm in a position that I am in leadership and, um, people can look up to me versus me looking up to other people. I can kind of put that in place and kind of have that representation now. So here you are, a lot going on soccer wise at multiple levels. Is is there a is there a blueprint? Is there a plan? A goal? Like you like you talked about wanting to get to the high school level and coach. You're there on top plus other things as well. <laughs> is there a part of you that wants to maybe go in one direction and just kind of focus and become that per- coach that maybe creates a program that's legendary and just build and build and build or are you going to be one of those that I just love having multiple hats and all these plates full of all kinds of action and stuff so when I got the junior college position this summer um I looked back into going to school because you need your master it's getting harder and harder to get your um, a college coaching job out here without your master's and um I had a couple classes I needed to finish from Eastern New Mexico, like I said, I left, I was out. I didn't care about school. I was like, I'm done playing soccer. I'm gonna go home. Um, so I actually went back to national university and I only had to take like 11 classes to finish. So I'm actually doing that too. And I will be done in, uh, March with my bachelor's in sports psychology. Um, and after I started doing that, I was like, well, I can't keep like this life isn't sustainable as much as I love it. it it's just not sustainable. Um, at some point there's gotta be some stability. So I, that was another reason I went back to school and I've kind of created a five and 10 year plan. Um, I would like to finish, I'll finish my bachelor's and then I'm looking to enroll in a master's program by the summer. Um, so I, it'll be an 18 month program. So I should be done pretty fairly quickly with that um and then I would like my own junior college program at five years and then my own four-year program at 10 years that's so awesome that is so awesome and uh I think it's great that you have you've kind of you've got so much going on but now you've kind of like all right like there's a a recognition kind of like you said to the other like some of the moms that have kind of dealt with like, man, I feel guilty of like, yeah, you're not me, but I think it's really cool. Your self-awareness to realize like there is a point where coach Jessica is going to be like, it's too much. And maybe I'm not giving as much to all of the teams that I could be. So maybe I need to start focusing on some of those. That's a really cool way to look at it. Yeah. I think um, the college job really just gave me this vision that I'd never had before. Like, I knew I love soccer. I knew I love coaching. I wanted to be involved in it, but I never really had a path. I mean, I knew I wanted, I got my D license last year. Um, I want to get my C license this year just because I want to get it over with um, and be done with it. I'm also starting to realize that, especially out here, I've been coaching for 12 years, but none of that really matters once you get to a certain point without those credentials. And so if I'm going to have the credentials, I'm going to see what I can do with them. And I also feel like that aligns with my kids ages where I'll get to just be a soccer mom and enjoy watching them play and not coach them. 
Uh, right now, I'm just a little bit selfish because I love coaching 77. It's literally my favorite. And why would I give my daughter's development to anybody else? Like, I just, and I get that, like, obviously, like, I'm her mom. And I know that a lot of people are like, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't because you blah, 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 whatever. But this is what I do. Like this, this age is what I do. And this is what like, I feel my expertise is in. So why would I give that up? So right now I really want to coach my kids through their development. Um, my son's only five, but we're, um, so I ideally would like to take over his competitive team next year as a U 17. Um, so those would be the two teams that I keep the 15 girls and 17 boys. Um, but I, you know, they're going to get to a certain age and in about five years, I won't be coaching them anymore. Um, I think one of the best advice I ever got from a coach who coaches his own kid was at some point they need to hear someone else's voice. And at some point they need to, um, you know, learn from that another coach. And I completely wholeheartedly agree, um, I also feel like because of my daughter having ADHD, it's I'm bathing her a little bit because I want to make sure that um, she still loves the game. And if I throw her into a too much of a competitive situation with a coach that is not the right coach for her, that could really ruin a lot of things. And um, I used to call my daughter the poster child for soccer is fun because she literally like as the 20 last year I would put her at goalie just because she was like had the shortest memory alive she's like they scored on me oh okay they scored on me oh okay and like it was fine it was awesome she's like we won and there's girls like crying and she's like why are you crying like and so like I don't want to take that away from her and she has such a great personality and such a good friend and teammate so putting her in a really either one of them in a really bad environment um is just not worth it to me. I'd rather deal with coaching my own kid and figuring out how to balance that um, than putting them in an environment that they're not going to thrive in. This chat has been so awesome. So great real life <laughs> nuggets and coaching along the way. I'm going to shut this thing down. This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats with Jessica Montiel. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>